Warning, warning. Three idiots are reading the SCP files over the intercoms. Please cover your ears and await further instructions. Hello and welcome Hi. back to... Yeah, I don't know. To discover an SCP. Yeah. Um, with me, Tanhoney. Him, Darnell. And we also got a guest this time. And... I wonder who it is. Hello? Hello. Hi, it's Whiteguard. <laughs> it is Whiteguard. So, is that like you guys cut out for a moment? Oh, no worries, no worries. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's just the problem of Discord. Uh, not our smoothest intro, but yes, hello and welcome to the <laughs> podcast, Whiteguard. It is good to have you. Hello, hello. You have been uh, on our server for a while. You've been pretty cool. I've read a couple of your interviews from back in the day. Uh, I know you post on Plug Zone sometimes, but I believe you are not an author of SCPs yourself, right? Uh, I've only done one before. Um, just it's like a personal. Um, um, I took a lot of inspiration from back when I used to read a lot when I used to be on the site years and years ago, mm. and mm-hmm. so um, it, it did okay. It's like a plus fifty or something like that. But uh, I really like it. So, but that's the only yeah. one I've ever done. I mainly just uh, do some staff work and uh, do my interviews, yeah, which still makes you just as important exactly, a part of the yeah. community. Uh, so I believe today, Tanhoney, you you said there was some sort of theme for the SCPs. I never, is... I never said that. Oh, I thought you said one of them was your favorite, oh, yeah. and the oh, other one was one of his favorites. Oh yeah, well, I don't know if that qualifies as a theme, but that that's the theme. Yes, you're right. Oh okay. <laughs> the theme is uh, is I like. uh, host and guests recommendations, but not fan recommendations. We'll never do. We will, I will never read a fan <laughs> recommendation. I don't care about the fans. Except- yeah, Red Reality, that was the one time you get one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't mean it. Please don't dislike. Anyway. Um, but yes, um, so what's the first one we're doing the today? The first one we are doing is SCP-3300. This one's called The Rain, and it's by Rumit Zen. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Rumit Zen. Do they have the SCPs for the rest of the water cycle? <laughs> Not yet. I'm uh, still working on that. I guess so. But yeah. Needs a little work there. But I have actually read this one before as well. This is a very good one. I enjoyed it. This was um, for one of the contests, I believe. I think it was the 3000 contest. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that was, so that was, the oh, that was like I the was uh, horror mystery horror kind of. Yeah. I thought, I thought when like one was for the contest but didn't make it, it was usually like 3005 or 3008. I guess so can not it exactly. be any number? Sometimes yeah, you want those exactly. big, you can nice, solid of... numbers. Yeah, sometimes you can choose, um, like, for the contest that's going on right now for the 6K. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't win the actual 6K, um, normally people put, like, a few, maybe, like, you know, four or five, like, like oh, alternate yeah. numbers that they'd be cool with. And so, you know, um, like... Which in this case is uh, being example, 69, 69. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, 6, 9, 9, 9. So, like, the final one of a series is normally a very desirable one, too. Yeah. Right. Um, so... One's Pretty a, much any of the real desirable numbers. Thirty-three hundred's a you know it's a hundred one, so it's a trend. Trend I've noticed as well is wanting the like the equivalent of a popular series one one like six one seven three. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. What's interesting to me about that is because of the way that system works, because a lot of entries typically get made for a thousand, and you know the thousands have themes. It feels like whatever the theme is for the thousand contest often becomes like a prevalent theme in yeah. that series because so many of the other ones just get other numbers in that series. So it kind of sets a tone for so the rest of the daffodil. Way it does. 
Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting to look at that way. But that, that is very true. Even the writing and sometimes when you see some of the length of the articles, it also kind of yeah, follows you, you can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, but without further ado, Tan, how about you get us started? Of course, of course. Item number, SCP-3300. Object class, you sell it. Special containment procedures. We've just run out of weird ways to say the object class at this point. Yeah. I don't even get offended anymore. I just filter it. I gotta come up with something truly outrageous next time. Containment of SCP-3300 is focused on observation and ensuring it does not spread from the affected area. A mobile observation post being set up five kilometers outside the town of Clearwater, Montana for this purpose. Attempts at manned exploration of the SCP events are currently suspended. When the SCP-3300 event begins, the observation team will fall back to a point 10 kilometers away from the town border and continue observation. Any unusual activities be noted. Any attempts made by outsiders to enter or exit the area will be halted. Non-lethal force is authorized for this purpose. Instances of Dash 1 attempting to leave Clearwater will be detained and interviewed under the pretense of a police search. Following this, we'll be allowed to continue the travel under Foundation observation. All personnel involved in the containment of SCP-3300 are prescribed a weekly dose of Class Y Nestics. So this is interesting to me, because this kind of reminds me of an SCP we've read before. Just the setting so far and the name reminds me of that SCP that's like a ship that shows up and has mm-hmm. like people every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, which one was that again? I can't remember the exact name. It was the HMS something, I believe? Yeah. yeah. It's a Pepper's Ghost yeah, one. It's given me... Th- that vibe and again i want to specify i've talked about this dozens of times but that's not me being like this is a copy that's just me noticing a theme and being like oh that's pretty cool um <laughs> yeah. so interesting i, I always have goes. loved the uh the naming of the city too mm-hmm. especially since it's called the rain yeah. oh <laughs> clear water i just noticed that <laughs> isn't Clearwater an actual town or am i insane almost definitely most most words i imagine are an actual town somewhere right <laughs> right, yeah, that wasn't exactly a fucking banger thought, but still, I feel like I've seen other media with a town named Clearwater before. I think I might have as well, but I don't know where it was from. Uh, right. yeah. uh, well, let's get into it. What do you think it is actually, Donna? You haven't really... Well, I, my, my thought is, so it mentioned it's something that comes up, like, what was it, every year? Uh, doesn't, no, doesn't every seem... so often. Yeah. It just says it's like it comes. Yeah. I don't know where I got year from. Uh, so it's something that comes on a regular enough basis that they know how, when to, like, investigate it. Uh, they, it's interviewed. There's people on it. So it's not dangerous, I'm not thinking. I'm thinking... I don't know. See, my thought keeps drifting to that HMS one we read, but I don't want to just say it's that because it's obviously not that. So I guess I don't really have a guess. Okay. Locking that in. <laughs> Locking in, not locking in? Yeah. Description. SCP-3300 is an annual event, which so you probably, like, glanced over the first line, I imagine. Was, was... Yeah, that, you know what, that's probably exactly what happened, is my eyes just glanced to the next sentence. In which the populace of Clearwater, Montana, henceforth SCP-3300-1, disappears and is replaced by a new set of citizens. The SCP-3300 oh. event typically occurs in the mid-portion of June and lasts 6 to 18 days. The first 48 hours of each event are marked by a light, continuous rain over the entire city. The rain is stationary and appears regardless of the weather in the surrounding area. This portion of the event ends when the rain transitions to a severe thunderstorm lasting for the remaining duration of SCP-3300. The interior of an SCP-3300 event past this point has never been observed. Any attempt by the Foundation to explore the event has ended in either total loss of personnel or equipment, or a failure to even enter the phenomena. Several Tech Irons personnel entering SCP-3300 have emerged instantaneously on the other side. 
when the events end. So once it starts moving, you can't get in. You just like teleport yeah. around it. All right. So it's 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 almost identical to the storm from Fortnite. So so it says people are replaced with a new set of citizens, but do the originals ever come back? Let's find out. When the event ends, all previous Dash 1 instances will be replaced by new iterations of completely new appearances, personalities, and memories. Beyond remarking on the unusually severe nature of the storm, new instances show no recollection of the event. I guess not. Instances of Dash 1 behave identically to baseline human beings. However, no record of any instance prior to their appearance from an event exists. Instances will occasionally share names, professions, certain memories, and broad personality traits of those from previous iterations of SCP-3300. You know what's interesting? Because this happens on a yearly basis, and it's always new people, and they're somewhat anomalous. I wonder if we could see, like, a fast-forwarded version where they eventually become, like, weirdly evolved different versions of humans that are, like, specified for the for the habitat of Clearwater, Montana. Ooh. <laughs> However, no Dash 1 instance has been observed repeating from previous events. Dash 1 instances are unaware of the anomalous nature and the circumstances surrounding their existence. Physical and post-mortem examination reveal no difference from baseline humans. Instances of Dash 1 outside the town when the SCP-3300 <laughs> occurs will disappear several days after the event begins. All attempts to observe this disappearance have failed. SCP- Wait, then how do they know it happens? Well, because they're gone. Hmm? Oh, uh, they just can't find them anymore? Yeah. Well, maybe they're all hiding out. Maybe they're people who are in the know. They, they're on the run. The lamb. SCP-3300 is accompanied by a moderate cognitohazardous effect. Outside citizens learning about the existence of the town of Clearwater or its citizens will give little thought to them unless the subject is brought to their direct attention. This effect affects focus rather than memory. Those affected do not forget that Clearwater exists, but rather show difficulty paying attention to it. Wait, what the fuck? Anomalous ADHD? <laughs> this is what happened to you. Oh, no. This, this is exactly what happened to me. Outside, you just live right outside Clearwater, so that's why. Yeah, that's why I can't there focus and pay attention. Outside citizens familiar with disappeared instances of SCP-3300 will not comment on that absence until reminded, and even then show little concern. The history of SCP-3300 is unknown. Records of his existence go back to the beginning of the Foundation. Despite this, almost no progress has been made in attempts to research the phenomenon. <laughs> so, so the thing that's funny to me about beginning of the foundation is because there's not really any canon. We have Last things year. from like they've been around since Cape. <laughs> yeah, we have shit like they've been around since Caveman times or like 1950. <laughs> so it's less epic depending on what you subscribe. It becomes kind of absurd if it's like Caveman times. <laughs> Yeah, it was just clear one. Yeah, it wasn't. No, but remember your original thing that you showed me in the first episode that was like an intro to the foundation talked about it as if it had been around since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the word from the administrator. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like most SCPs seem to like talk about it as if it started in the 1800s or 1900s. So I'm not still sure. Yeah, exactly. Because that was my first impression, I just keep assuming they're like cavemen sticking (laughs) shit in caves. Boonga boonga in the SCPs. Containment to right, fire. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, fire, the reason humans formed fire wasn't to cook meat and survive. It was to contain the darkness. The true SCP. I see, I see. Well, we got an addendum. We're, yes, we're on the addendum. The following journal is recovered in the aftermath of the SCP-3300 event ending on 13th of June, 1995. That's the year I was born. And represents one of the few descriptions oh, nice. of what, wait, that's the year I was born. <laughs> represents one of the few descriptions of what occurs during the phenomena. 
The writer of the document has been identified as SCP-3300-1995-4307. So, I love they have to have so that much of a numeral system for it. Here's my question real quick. Sorry for yeah, interrupting, yeah, yeah. but they they said that even if you're not in the rain, you'll like disappear a few years later if you're a citizen of this place, right? Well, not a few years, like shortly after. Yeah, but what year. qualifies citizen of? Like, do you have to have been born there? What if you move there? Or what if you live in Clearwater, but before the event happens, you move somewhere else? Like, what qualifies that citizenship um, and would let you skate out of that? I don't know. Maybe just legal citizenship. Yeah, but, like, theoretically, let's say you move to Clearwater, you live there six months, like, you're military or whatever, and then you have to go to Hawaii. Would you be safe because you're now a resident of Hawaii? I don't know. Or just being in... in, in because I imagine if, if you'd just be safe being in, Yeah. Yeah, because if you're, if you're just, like, near it and it affects you, then every Foundation person ever involved would be gone. But it just says, no, it's like, you're good. Yeah, I would imagine so. So the writer of the has been identified as SCP-3300-1995-4307, a.k.a. Margaret Lane. The events described in the journal are unverified. Attempts to automatically observe the interior of an SCP-3300 event are still underway. And we still, we've got a long journal here that makes up the bulk of the article. Donna, why don't you uh, begin? Wait, who wrote this, by the way? Margaret Lane. Mm-hmm. We've just, really? We've just said this. Yeah, the... That's who the writer of this document has been identified. It says Rue Metzen when I check the history. Is that Margaret <laughs> Ro- No, Rue. No. You mean no, the article? The the... <laughs> sorry, so the sorry. Article, we, we, we've we've also said all, this yeah. already, too. <laughs> I, I, look, my brain is somewhere else. Okay, I'll read this, sure. Okay. <clears throat> hey, if Kurt Cobain kept the journal, it can't be that bad of an idea, right? Help express my artistic side or something. Finally get all the writing I've wanted done, to done. I don't know. Mom said it might be a good way for me to focus things, which means she just wants an easy way to snoop and make sure I'm staying clean. Joke's on her, though, if she ever thinks she's going to be able to find this. Still, I guess it could be nice to have something to look back on. Hopefully to remind myself that things get better. There's a dream I've been having, which is weird because I don't usually remember my dreams, but I've had this one like three times in the past week. Wait, is this you, Tan? Fucking dream journal? (laughs) In it, I'm not myself. I'm in a small hut standing above the bed where my daughter lies. Her skin is red, blotchy, hot. Uh, I'm praying that the disease won't take her, praying that she will recover, that this is some other sickness. It's no use, I know. The corpse of my husband won't let me forget. Another of the healthy, a boy who thinks himself a man, calls us together. The few that remain. I gaze around the room and see the same expressions on their faces that I feel in my heart. All except the boys. He grins as we enter and gestures to the bowl of water in front of him. I have found it, he says. The key to our salvation. Then it ends. Weird, right? No idea what to make of it. Anyway, I'm heading to Sam's, so this will be it for the day. Gray clouds on the horizon. We need the rain. I can't remember what the sun looks like. Ha! Joking. But it's been drizzling for three days, and it doesn't look like it's going to let up soon. Phones are patchy as hell, too. Radio says we can expect the weather to continue for at least a week. David tried to come earlier today, and I told him fuck right back off to the ditch he crawled out. Rip David? What the hell? <laughs> that I didn't care how good the shit he'd gotten his hands on was. He did his whole kicked puppy dog routine, but eventually left before Mom noticed, thank God. The rain's kind of relaxing, actually. It's got a rhythm to it. I could get used to this. I don't think it's ever stormed this hard in my life. It's two in the afternoon, but looking outside, you'd swear it was midnight. My throat is starting to get sore from shouting over the noise. No idea what the hell happened. One minute it was drizzling, the next someone flipped a switch to dump the entire Pacific Ocean onto our heads. Internet and phone are completely down. 
The few seconds of clear radio we can get is just a barrage of tornado and flood warnings. Nothing to do but hold up inside and see how many games of Monopoly we can play until Mom kills me or I kill my... Jesus! I swear some of the people in this town must be absolutely insane, because sometimes when lightning flashes, I can see them walking around outside. Some of them just standing there. Uh, I was about to pop it off to you, White Guard, but this is a really long section. Do you want to take over? <laughs> Would you rather I clear this before I pass the buck to you? It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to. All right, I'll pass the buck to you then. Smile. All right. <clears throat> I'm running this from the back of Jared's van, and we're going like 80 miles an hour down the highway, and Isabel's crying next to me, and I don't know what the fuck is going on. I think I'm going to die. I'm going to keep writing, though. My hand shakes less when I write. It couldn't have been more than an hour ago that this happened. We were all at my place. Sam, Jared, Mike, and Isabel all had come over. I hadn't expected them, but Jared insisted he, was, he wasn't going to let someone, uh, something tiny like a biblical flood stop us from exploring the bomb levels of the dread-like Arsganoth's domain. Stupid. Stupid. So we rolled up and started playing like everything was normal. Sam DMing with the stupid little monster accent she does. Isabel and Mike arguing over every scrap of treasure and possible trap we came across. Jared struggling just to keep us all from killing each other. Mom in the other room pretending she wasn't listening in. Based it was Isabel. top chats? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was Isabel who noticed first that uh, the banging was on the door there. Like someone trying to break it down. At first we weren't sure what to do. I mean, anyone banging that hard on your door so late is going to be suspicious, even if there's not a fucking hurricane outside, right? So we just sort of sat there, staring at each other, until Jared got up and grabbed a poker from the fireplace and went to check the peephole. I wondered what his first thought was. Surprise? Confusion? Did he just accept it, like I did? Too stunned by the weirdness to question when he opened the door and saw a family on our porch? A mom, dad, two kids? I'd never seen any of them before. For a second, we all just stared at each other, and then the dad shoved past Jared and said, Why are you in my house? Mom had come out of her room when she first heard the knocking. When the guy said that, she flipped out instantly. What do you mean, your house, asshole? This is my house. What the hell are you doing, just barging in here? I swear to God, you've got ten seconds before I get the cops over here. God. I remember being annoyed, embarrassed, wishing she, wishing she wouldn't flip over. I feel her. like... That's a good thing for her to flip out about, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone just like, this is my house. This is like the, the, when, when the, the, the villains from the movie Us begin entering your home. Yeah, like like the, like the main character here is trying to be like, oh, I wish my mom wouldn't be such a Karen. But to be fair, if someone fucking came to my house and was like, get out of my house, I'd be like, what's your fucking deal? Yeah, I'd be shoving them right back out. That, that wouldn't, I wouldn't let that stand. That's crazy. Hold on, hold on, sir. Our house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to compromise. <laughs> well, after this part, yeah. The dad's expression didn't change. He stepped forward again, and Jared tried to hold him back. When he did, the dad just flung him, snagged Jared by the collar, and tossed him through the living room into the kitchen. Jared smacked him to a counter and went limp. And the dad said again, in the exact tone, Why are you in my house? That was when mom charged him with a golf club. He barely had time to react before she swung into his chest. For a second, she looked pleased with herself. I'm sure she was already forming the story to tell all of her friends about how she fought the home invader. When she tried to pull the golf club back, and she couldn't, the expression disappeared. The guy didn't look a little bit hurt. 
not even phased. The club was stuck in his chest, and the skin around it rippling. Like when you throw a stone into a pond. Water dripped out from where the metal entered the skin. Fucking same anatomy as regular humans, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Pillarman over here. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's when they test them when the event isn't going on, though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. A rain gives them superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Mom stared. Then she screamed. Fell back, scrambling at the floor to get away. The man looked down at the club with the same expression you might look at a dead cockroach. He grasped it right before, uh, right below where it speared into him, yanked it from his chest, held it as he walked towards Mom. She stopped moving the first time he hit her in the head. She just fell, like a rock, and he hit her again, and again, and again, and the whole time he was saying, My house, my house, in the same fucking tone. The only fucking way he knew how to speak, and the kids were standing in the door just watching, and the wife was holding them close, and I swear to God she was smiling. Sam stood up, like she was going to charge the guy, but Mike wrapped himself around her and said don't, that we had to run, so we did. Mike and Sam grabbed Jared, even though he wasn't moving, and I grabbed the journal without even thinking about it. And I don't really remember anything after that, except Sam driving and crying, and Mike screaming, and all I could think about was the way Mom's body looked as she fell. The light disappearing from her eyes before her body hit the floor. We drove right to the police station. Me and Mike decided to go inside while Sam and Isabel watched Jared. The lights were on, but the station was locked with no one inside. We walked around, looked through every window, nothing. When we got back to the car, Jared still wasn't awake and his breathing was all fucked up. So we discussed it and decided to take him to the hospital in Lanark. It's only a two-hour drive. We should be there soon. It'll be okay. Oof. So this was, uh... I, I'm wondering, because it mentioned that there's no trace of the former people when it's over. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he brutally murdered her, but I'm wondering if, like, the rain washes the bodies away or whatever. And, like, gets rid of them. But, yeah, that's a feels bad. <laughs> Especially because, uh... Um, I, I, we can popcorn it if you want, because that was a pretty big session. It's up to okay. you. We could go back and forth between the line breaks. Uh, we've been driving for six hours now. We're almost out of gas. Jared still isn't awake, and we haven't made it to Lanhart yet. We've doubled back twice, looking, looked for road signs, building lights, anything to tell us where the fuck we are. But there's nothing. No signs, no cities, not even a gas station. We haven't passed another car since we left my house. The rain's falling just as hard out here. Mike says we need to turn around, try to get back to town before we get stranded. Isabel says that's crazy. We need to keep looking for the hospital, and we don't have enough to make it back anyway. Sam says she's going to keep driving. That's all we can do at this point. I just want to point out that's that's an obvious like horror trope, but it's one of those that like I, I just really absolutely like love. Because well. like no matter how you like really like do it, as long as you do it right, you'll get this like feeling of like there's nothing you can possibly do to avoid this outcome that's coming to you. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just love it. All right. Jared's dead, and we're out of gas. And the car died maybe an hour ago. Jared maybe half an hour after that. No idea where we are. He decided to double back, see if we had passed the hospital again, but there was nothing. Isabel and Mike are going at it, each convinced this is the other's fault. Sam's ignoring them. She's sitting by Jared, holding his hand. She hasn't looked away from him since he stopped breathing. Hasn't said ten words since we left town. I must have fallen asleep because I had another dream. I knew instantly it was a continuation from before. 
It was too clear, too substantial to be anything else. And even though I knew it was a dream, I couldn't do anything but watch. I stand ankle-deep in a vast, clear river. I am holding the corpse of my daughter. I'm not sure how I recognize her, as taken by the sickness as she is. Her hair has fallen out. Her skin is entirely covered in black scabs that hid even her eyes. Flecks of cracked skin fall away as my arms rub against her body. But for some reason, as I look at her, I don't feel sorrow. I feel hope. I kneel and place her body into the water. It drifts on the surface. Then the water engulfs her, makes her a part of it. She becomes the current that takes her, and I know it will sweep her to the sea where she can finally be at peace. But the work isn't done. I turn, wade back to shore where the blackened body of my husband awaits. As I do, I became cognizant of the others, the survivors. Each has with them the bodies of their children, families, friends. Eighteen survivors, hundreds of bodies. One by one we take them to the river, until only we remain. I woke up to the sound of Jared evaporating. It took me a moment to realize what was going on. The others were all scrambling around the body, and I couldn't get a good look. All I could see was the steam filling the car. Oh, does this imply that the rain is the bodies of the previous people? <laughs> oh, no! When I pushed my way through, I saw his body was boiling. That's the best way to describe it. Bubbles writhing and popping across the surface of his skin. Drops of water leaping off him and burning where they touched us. The shape of him almost completely gone, aside from a vaguely human-looking lump within his clothing and some ridges that might have been facial features. Sam tried to touch the water to, I don't know, stop it? Save him? Catch him? But the heat of the steam pushed her back. All we could do was watch as Jared fizzled away until the only thing left of him was vapor and soaked clothing. We decide to leave, or Mike and Sam decide to leave, and Isabel and I realized we didn't have any choice but to follow. I mean, what difference did it make? Stay or go, the outcome would be the same. But I figured trying to find something out there might be better than staying in the car until we all starved to death. Grabbed the flashlight from the glove box and headed out. We couldn't have walked more than a mile before we reached town. I almost bumped into Mike when he stopped walking after shining the light onto the Welcome to Clearwater sign. He didn't say anything. What could he say? We turned around, started walking the other way, not sure how far. Two miles, three. We didn't pass the car, but it didn't matter. We ended up back at the sign, the city. Sam turned, walked off the highway and into the farmland surrounding it. We followed. We knew it wouldn't work, but we followed anyway. On the other side of the field, we found ourselves back on the highway in front of the sign. Mike insisted he wasn't going back in. No fucking way. He'd rather take the risk out in the rain than spend another second with whatever was in that city. We pointed out that whatever was in the city was pretty clearly outside of it too. And at least the city had food. He wouldn't listen. So we started walking, and three minutes later, he caught up. Didn't say a word. The lights in the town were all on, but there were no people, no cars. A few times I thought I saw movement, but it was always just a branch or a piece of trash picked up by the wind. We were on alert the whole time, but nothing happened. We decided to hole up in Dirk's sporting because it had guns and was right next to the grocery store. Sam and Mike went and grabbed food while Isabel and I, meaning just I, took stock of the store. When the others came back and we started working out shifts to sleep in. Two awake at the same time. I volunteered for the first shift even though I felt like I wanted to collapse. I just couldn't stand to dream again. Mike shot himself, and were a lot more fucked than I first thought. For a while, I was still holding on to the idea of survival, that there was some sort of exit to whatever fucked-up situation we'd found ourselves in. There isn't. I don't think there ever was. 
This is the only ending I could have hoped for. But if I keep thinking about that, I'm going to go fucking insane, so... Mike, he's dead. We were on shift together when he got up and said he'd be back in a minute. Figured he was just going to the bathroom until I heard the gunshot. I got there about 20 seconds before Sam and Isabel. His body was slumped against a wall, shotgun barrel stuck in his mouth. There was no blood, and I thought he'd missed or accidentally discharged it until I saw the hole in the back of his skull. Then I realized there was something splattered on the wall behind him, but it wasn't blood. It was water. Oh, they didn't realize they're already anomalous peoples. Mm. Isabel screamed when she saw the body. I heard her gasping and ignored her. Sam knelt next to me, close enough that I could feel her trembling. For a moment, the only noise was her ragged breathing and Isabel's whimpers. Then Sam reached out and ran her fingers along the, rims of my, the rim of Mike's skull. She drew them back, stared. A small noise rose from the back of her throat. Her fingertips were coated in water. Before I could react, she thrust more fingers into the wound. Water ran down her hands as she dug through what should have been his brain. Water sloshed in the chalice of his skull. When we lowered his body to rest on the floor, it was water that pooled on the wood. Sam leaped up, ran to the counter, snatched a knife from its sheath and held it to her arm. We stared at each other. I didn't want her to do it, didn't want to see what would happen. She sliced open her arm and water spilled from the wound. We stared at the injury, too distracted to notice Isabel calling to us. It wasn't until she ran over and yanked on my sleeve that I remembered she existed. Outside, was all she said. Hundreds of people had gathered outside the window, unmoving silhouettes staring through the darkness, filling the street. When lightning flashed, I saw the faces of strangers soaked by the rain. They've been there for two hours now, haven't moved an inch. They're outside every window, every exit. I don't know how long they're willing to wait, but I'm damn sure it's longer than we have. Maybe Mike had the right idea. Sam left, and we didn't bother to stop her. She muttered something before she stood and marched out of the door. I remember thinking, as I watched her leave, that I should do something. I should reach out or call to her or block her exit. But the thought wouldn't make it past my brain, like there was a wall between my nerves and my body. So I just stared as she stepped into the rain. The silhouette shifted as soon as she was outside. They opened up to let her through, and she vanished into them, into the dark. I don't want to go back. That's what she said before she left. You want to finish this out, Tim? Uh, sure. In my dream, I am the stall and I'm screaming. The wind whips at me like razors raking through my body. The frozen rain bites at my skin, except I don't have a body. I don't have skin. The wind is a part of me. The rain is from me. Every second, I rip myself apart and reform, rip and reshape until I'm scattered over miles of storm, trapped in the royal. Around me, I hear the screams of my village. I feel their presence against mine, just as much as part of the star arm as I. We fight, struggle, but the storm cannot be broken. It hurtles over the land, dragging us in its wake. Then I'm falling, rushing to meet the ground. For a moment, the earth embraces me. I remember what it felt like to feel the dirt beneath my feet and the sun on my skin and the crisp air in my lungs until the storm seals me again and I'm pulled back into the screams of my comrades. I woke up and Isabel was gone, just a puddle of water on the floor. I think the rain is speaking to me. I can hear it ever since I woke up. I don't know what it's saying, but the whispers in my ear are getting louder. When I cover my ears, it's still there. If I scream, it rises over the screaming. I'm trying to write just to focus on anything else, but the fucking voice is still there. I know what it wants me to do. It wants me to join it. I'm its child and it misses me. It can't bear to be apart. What can I do? What can I do? The strangers are still outside, watching me, waiting for my choice. Because they know what my choice will be, don't they? There's only one way this can end. I can wait and starve, or shoot myself, or slice my wrists, or walk out into the rain, but it's all going to end the same way. The water is eternal. The water will remain no matter how polluted it becomes. At the end, we all become rain. I don't want to go back. 
That's the, the, yeah. the end. That was sad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna... Yeah, sorry, I don't have more to say. I mean, it was pretty well written. A good narrative. It was one of those ones where, like, it really relies a lot more on the narrative aspect than, like, it being a spooky SCP. I mean, not that, you know, the whole theme is it's kind of spooky, but you know what I mean? Like, yep. it really goes through the character's journey rather than, like, the rain is capable of killing and shredding through five people. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, the document but... itself is very, very simple to follow, and um, mm-hmm. it doesn't add too much. But when you actually get into the addendum and follow the journal about, yeah, that's like, where the meat of the story what, it would is. Be, what it would be like to be in the situation... Because um, you can sort of see yourself and what you would be doing. Uh, that's a uh, very interesting. Um, I really like how they really tied it together at the end with the whole concept right. of uh, not being able to escape it and not being able to uh, prevent the outcome from coming. Because what I was mentioning earlier with the kind of it was a bit yeah. of foreshadowing with the fact they couldn't leave the city with that classic horror trope, but it really. Yep came together towards the end. I really like that part. It pulls of it article. off well. I, get, I gave it an upvote. I'm going to give this one an 8 or a 9 out of 10. And what I like right. is Ikea did something similar. The, the theme I've noticed, and it makes sense, is the SCPs with like the most fucked shit going on for like the average citizens are the ones that can't really be contained easily. And right. it makes me think in terms of the setting, when I go a little bit outside the story, like how many situations like this have been prevented because an SCP has been contained? Because like... Yeah. Uh, you know, that much more invalidates sort of the existence of the Foundation, I guess, and what they do. And and I wonder, and I hope that at some point this would be something that they could figure out how to fix. But given the nature of it and that the people are sort of always part of the rain, I don't know if it ever is in this case. Like with Ikea, there's a point where they might have the technology to eventually scope it out, get everyone out, close it off. But like with, with this, because they're always a part of the rain, there's not really an escape for them. It's kind of like they're destined towards this fate. Right. And sort of, I mean, they're just recycled every year, too. So. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, with what you're saying, you would hope that they would be able to figure out. But whenever you look back at the description, the very end of the description, it says records of existence go back to the beginning of the foundation. Yep. Despite this, almost no progress has been made to even research it. Yeah, it's just um, sad. Yeah, that was a good one, though. How many rain clouds? Would you I remember. Have? Um... <laughs> I remember uh, whenever. I first came across this one. It was me uh, starting to come back to the wiki mm. back mm-hmm. in like the end of 2019 because I had a, I was back here during um, like 2014 and 15, and mm-hmm. I read like SCPs like you know kind of like one through like 2500 ish. So it was like uh, it was all of them at the time. I had read all, uh, every like SCP oh article God. that was on the site at the time. Name, yeah. Geez. Oh, you're an SCP fan. Name every SCP. <laughs> yeah, real shit. Yeah, so, so I know a lot of the old ones really, really well just because of that. And um, actually, what ended up happening was my reading eclipsed uh, how much like the newly created pages would like update. Um, like in terms of like actually good articles coming out, not just like the cold posts and stuff like that that newbies come up with. And so uh, I actually started getting bored, and so I, I went on and did something else, and I left the SCP Foundation for quite a while. But uh, right. I came back in 2019, and the main reason was I saw a couple YouTube videos from the Exploring series. Mm, yeah, and he does stuff. a really good job. He's, he makes very interesting videos. I interviewed him recently, interviewing Icons, the Exploring series. Check it Check out. out. But yeah. uh, anyways, um, and two of the articles that he covered became two of some of my favorites, one being Red Reality, which I uh, mul- multiple times like, brought up to you guys. Um, that was the first one I saw by him that got me interested in SCP again. And then this one was the one that was right after 
and I absolutely loved it because it was like very narrative based, yeah. which was kind of it was kind of not like it wasn't really um, well done or uh, maybe that's not the word to say it. Uh, it wasn't really widespread among like the series one, two, and even some of three. Uh, there were mm-hmm. definitely some good, really narrative, and some good, really like addendum or journal based ones, but like it wasn't like super, super common. Right. And uh, it was just, it was just fun to come back to the foundation with this. So it has like a special place in my heart for that reason. And Red Reality, you brought up. We've done that one too. It also, like you said, has a really good narrative element to it. It's much more focused on telling the story of a character in the world. Uh, and how it's affected by the SCP in question rather than focusing on the SCP itself. Exactly. And I think that's yeah. characteristic of, like you said, later uh, series. And Cactus brings this up, too. It's not necessarily that people were worse writers back in series one and two, but they were doing different things. Yeah, it was a different... Uh, so SCP was originally more about... Sorry, go ahead, Tim. I was just saying, it was like a diff- I'm going to go, a different sort of consensus of what it should be, I guess. It was a bit stricter back then. Yeah. It was more about making, like, spooky monsters and like crazy anomalous things and as it evolved as a concept and you know people kind of did that a lot already people started getting more creative with the format they were look interested in more like narrative stuff and different kinds of more conceptual ideas for anomalous activities rather than just making the big spooky monster and that's not to yeah. say that big spooky monster is bad but you know it's just been done and people naturally wanted to do something else and that continues to happen that doesn't mean any one topic is bad per se but that's kind of how these types of things evolve especially when the wiki's been around for how many fucking years like definitely over a decade almost a third of my life uh, it's going so it will be uh 13 years in terms of like wiki dot it was another year before that with the actual post of right. uh, 173. But, uh, yeah, uh, this July will be the 13th anniversary on July 25th, which I'm doing some special Ooh. for the wiki. Um, you can, I'm not going to announce what it is here. Um, yeah, no, but, we'll see it. Um, every, yeah, just but, keep uh, every, your eyes Yeah, every Sunday of, uh, of that month of July, I'll be uh, coming out with something special. So Ooh. it has to do with the anniversary. Yeah, guys, keep your eyes peeled on the wiki for whatever white guards I got planned. Or if you're in our server, I'm sure he'll put it in plug zone or something. So very much so. Stay on the lookout. <laughs> All right, and we've got one more today. Do we have time, Tan? Because we're already almost forty minutes in. Let's have a look. It's not that long. The other one, um, we we can get okay. through it. And this is. I believe you. Yeah, this one's episode. Uh, episode. No, this is SCP four nine seven two, and this one's by King Cruel. It's called Something Is Wrong. Four nine seven two. Okay. It's by King Cruel, and what did you say it's called? Something is wrong. Something is wrong, got it. Why does that feel like some... Has a fan recommended that before? That name sounds familiar. <coughs> I think it might, it might be one of my... You know what it is? I think... I see, I th- okay. I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wow. I'm looking at the discussion here, and the author post is not from <laughs> King Cruel. Uh, it's oh, from Tanhody. Look, there's an error in my filing system. <laughs> what a mistake. <laughs> Tanhony, you keep thinking you could check me, but I told you I'm checking the history every time. You didn't check the history, so. you shared the discussion now, page. Well, that's yeah. because I misclicked and I accidentally hit discussion instead of history with my fat fucking fingers. <laughs> I have to admit, the last like two minutes have been spent in my head trying to think of a convincing alias. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Yep. You know, fucking... Tan, it should be pretty interesting because I actually haven't read this one of yours. I've read most of yours. I haven't read this one though. Yeah, I, I, we're both going to no. be reacting then, discovering yeah. whatever Doctor Care is. This this is yeah. uh, well, actually one of my favorites I've written. So I think I think honestly okay. this should have more upvotes. But please, what's it called, Doctor Care? Or no, you said something is wrong. Yeah, you cool. know what? I think I know why that name sounds familiar now because there's like that meme of something's wrong. I can feel it. 
So yeah, we've got, uh, uh, we've got an image of uh, Dr. Kare here. To, to open with. Well, it's, it's just a blank image. He's fine. Don't worry about no, it. No, it's, it's a black image. It's just black. Let's get yeah, into I it. I see nothing. I well, look. actually, if you zoom in really, really close, you can maybe see Tanhony's brain. It's very small. Um, uh, <laughs> item number SCP 4972. <laughs> Object class unknown. Special containment procedures. The adaptive containment chamber, or ACC, the SCP is believed to reside in is to remain in the section of Site 22 it's first found in. This ACC is to be kept under guard by a security team of at least 10 personnel at all times. No attempts to be made outside of already agreed testing protocol to observe or access the interior of the ACC. Any approved attempts to access the interior of the ACC through testing have been done according to this procedure. All testing has been performed by a single member of D-class personnel. No recording devices have to observe the testing processes. All security personnel to turn away from the ACC during the moment of entry, and noise cancellation headgear is to be activated until the ACC is resealed. The amount of time the D-Class operative is to remain in the ACC is to be specified beforehand. The D-Class operative is not to be released until this time has been reached. In the event that a D-Class operative does not attempt to leave once this time has been reached, the ACC is to remain sealed. Following emergence from the ACC, the D-Class will be decontaminated, scanned remotely for bodily anomalies, Excuse me, and interviewed by Dr. Kare. Interview is to take place in a sealed interview room with the interviewer and subject in separated sections. Until the interview has been concluded and the D class in question has been confirmed non compromised, no individuals to make any form of direct contact with them. Once testing is concluded or no relevant information logged, the D class will be administered a D class A amnestic to excise any memory of said test. All information gained from D class testing is to be accessed only by Dr. Kare. In the event of his death or otherwise becoming incapable of performing his duties, access to pass to the next highest ranking member of research personnel. So there we have it. This is funny to me because I can already tell something's wrong because Tan spent a decent amount of time on the special containment procedures and like one sentence on the description. And it's usually the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> but yeah, this is very strict uh, testing procedures. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those ones where it's like, how the fuck did they figure this out before it just like ruined any attempt at containing it? Which makes me think, especially the fact that Dr. Kare <laughs> is listed as a photo, makes me think that maybe Dr. Kare is the real SCP here, and it's trying to throw us for a loop. But then again, maybe just the fact that that picture's there is what's throwing us for a loop. Let's find out what the description is. SCP-4972 is an object, entity, or phenomenon presumed to exist within an adaptive containment chamber located at Site-22. Discovery. The existence of SCP-4972 was first discovered during a routine system scan of Site-22. It was discovered that, since previous checks had been performed, an unused section was draining large amounts of power from the site's generators. Upon investigation, the ACC was discovered in the area in question, with the designation and blaze on its side indicating it was containing SCP-4972. The ACC is an experimental containment chamber designed for secure storage of red-thread-level anomalies. Note that a prototype for the ACC had not yet been completed when the SCP was found. No, individu- no individual stationed at Site-22 could explain how the ACC was transported there, and nestic therapy of numerous personnel proved that no memories existed of the ACC's arrival. In addition, no personnel could explain why the section of Site-22 the ACC was found in had been unused for such a long period of time. Upon subsequent investigation into the designation on the Foundation archives, only the following message was found. <coughs> The seal on the adaptive containment chamber is not to be broken. Do not attempt to en- do not enter the chamber or attempt to remove anything from it. 
no, they already fucked up. Do not attempt to observe the inside of the chamber. Do not attempt to deduce its contents. Do not speculate about its contents. No further information can be divulged. I'm sorry. 056. So they've already fucked up based on the containment procedures. <laughs> right? There's a command code that's been censored. Well, they're being as strict as I can. they can, I guess. Oh, they fucked up somehow. I know they have. <laughs> In a similar ma- Here's the foundation. <laughs> don't look, don't think about pink elephants. I'm sorry. <laughs> In a similar manner to the personnel of Site 22, Nestic Therapy of 056 found that they possessed no memories concerning the SCP or the appearance of the ACC, nor had they possessed them at any point. In addition, the command codes attached to the message were outdated by several years. In order to confirm the nature of SCP-4972, while still following the majority of the directives found in the original notes, the current procedures for testing was created by Dr. Kara and approved by 056. <clears throat> Let's get to the tests. Test clock OG-4972-1. Subject D9102. Time in ACC, 120 seconds, so two minutes. Subject entered the ACC according to testing procedure and and emerged 120 seconds later. Scans showed no abnormalities within their body. Interview was conducted five minutes after the subject emerged from the ACC. Uh, so, why don't... Right, so are you Dr. Kare or the D-Class? Um, it's up to you. Why don't you two do the, the interview? All these interviews are sort of two people, okay. so why don't you, the, you two do them? You know what? Fair enough, fair enough. Um, which one do you want to be then, White Guard? Uh, I'll be the D-Class. How about you... Uh... Do your fancy voice, and you can be the doctor. The thing. <clears throat> Good evening. How do you feel? <laughs> uh, fine, I guess. Oh, why did you have me go in there anyway? You didn't even have me to do anything. Just a bit of routine testing. Can you tell me what exactly you saw in there? Well, just a room, right? A little more specific, please. Someone's not heeding the warning, Kare. Hmm. <laughs> Oh. Oh, right. Well, um, kind of a squarish room, all lit up by this one light in the ceiling. The walls are covered in this kind of, um, I don't really know how to describe it. Bubble wrap, maybe? That would be the adaptive membrane, yes. That fits with the schematics. Anything else? Uh, nothing much. I kind of just stood around for two minutes, then knocked on the door like you said. I guess there was a kind of snarky breakfast noise. That was it. <laughs> a what? A snarky breakfast noise. Why? What the fuck is a snarky breakfast noise, Tan? You know? <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you said something else. So, there, there anything else? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, this wasn't much of a test. You guys kind of hyped it up for me, you know? Well, I suppose if that's all you noticed, then I have nothing else to ask. We'll keep you on hand for more tests, just to make sure everything's fine. Then you'll be released as agreed. Cool. Dr. Kare stands up and exits through the door on his side of the interview room. The D-Class stands up and exits through, <laughs> exits through the far wall. No! And look. Uh, it's, like, it's like a fucking weird Gary's Mod video. <laughs> Test log 2. Subject D39112. Time in ATC, 5 minutes. Prior to entering the ATC, the subject was put through several rounds of cognitotherapy in order to enable perception of phenomena but on unusual human capabilities. Subject entered the ATC according to the testing procedures and emerged 5 minutes later. 
Scans showed no abnormalities within his body. Interview was conducted five minutes after the subject emerged from the ACC. Hello, D39112. How are you feeling? Doesn't it get hard to remember that number? Can't you just call me, like, Steve or something? Very well. How are you feeling, Steve? Sick. You're feeling unwell? No, no. Sick isn't good. Sick. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Could you tell me about what you saw while in the ACC? The what? <sighs> the room we just put you in, Stephen. Oh no, it's, it's elaborating. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, I went in there like you said, looked around, and when I was a kid I used to watch this show on television called Bernard the Bouncing Bunny. Have you seen that television program? Dr. Kari takes notes for ten seconds. No, I haven't. Well, the show is primarily centered around a character called, you guessed it, Bernard the Bouncing Bunny. <laughs> he is a playful rabbit with an identical spot on both his ears. He is prone to getting into all sorts of mischief, including Percy the Police Pooch, as well as a giant spider that remains unnamed by the producers, even to this day. Dr. Kari takes notes for one minute. I see. Please continue. When I was a kid, I was watching this program, you understand, on my television. The aerial was scooping it out of the air like ice cream, and I felt like it was my sky dream. Do you own a television? Watakari takes notes for seven minutes. Yes, I do. Why do you ask? Just curious. On my television, sometimes a playful rabbit appears. Even when I'm out shopping, I see him in the shards of glass with an identical spot on both of his ears. He's my favorite television personality. Watakari takes notes for five hours. I'm sorry, what was the bunny's name? Bernard. Dr. Kari takes notes for 634 years. Well, thank you for this information. It's been extremely helpful. Yeah, no problem, man. Dr. Kari stands up and exits the interview room for the door on inside of the interview room. <laughs> the D-class does the same on his side of the interview room. And log. That was very hmm, useful info. Something, something's wrong with these logs. I, I, I'm, I feel like it's one of those cases where the more they open this thing up, the more it's like leaking whatever the fuck is inside of it. And it's like ruining everything. <laughs> what do you mean? They're just talking about Bernard the Bouncing Bunny. Great. Well, test log three. Subject, Dr. Kare. Time in ACC, six hours. During a containment breach at Site-22, security personnel assigned to the SCP were reassigned to assist with efforts to stop said breach and secure the facility. Dr. Kare is believed to have entered the ACC in order to conduct unauthorized testing of the SCP at this point. He was released upon the return of security personnel six hours later. Scans showed no abnormalities within his body. Interview was conducted by Dr. Lestay five minutes after Dr. Kare emerged from the ACC. Why'd you do it, John? I mean, come on. I had to know. Something was wrong. What do you mean, something was wrong? I want an actual explanation for what the hell you think you were doing. You drew up those testing procedures yourself, for God's sake. Which one is me? What? Am I me, or am I you? I can't... <laughs> I'm having difficulty telling. <laughs> Can you help me, please? Um, are you feeling alright, John? Yes. No, no, of course I'm not feeling alright. I need to... I need to tell you, to let you know before it happens. Before what happens? I don't know. Something. Something will happen. I don't know what. I need to... I need to tell you something, okay? Okay. Go ahead. We shouldn't have opened it. We shouldn't have opened it, Noah. I saw... words. 
I don't have the words. There are too many. We need to cut them down a bit. We only need ten or so. What the hell am I talking about? I feel like bath bubbles. Bath bubbles? Spreading, spreading, um, diluting. Yes, that's the word. That's what it is. Don't write this down. Don't write this down. You'll get too close to it. What What do you mean? We, we need to get an interview on file, John. It will help with future tests. <sighs> Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Don't even think about it. Don't try to work it out. You're getting too close to it. I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. Dr. Curry looks down at his hands and begins screaming. Dr. Leste stands up. What is it? What's wrong, John? What the hell did you do to me? My hands! Look at my fucking hands! What is this place? Where am I? Where am I? The second Dr. Kari approaches the observation window, hunched over and grinning wildly. He taps on the glass with his index finger rhythmically, then sinks into the floor seven seconds later. Dr. Leste turns and leaves the interview room for the door on his side of the interview room. Dr. Kari does not. End block. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> so this was based on a nightmare, I had. <laughs> <laughs> really? Care to elaborate? Um, well, I, what do you mean? <laughs> what was the was that literally what your nightmare was like? This word? Well, no, word? no, no, no. It was, it was very different, to be honest. But I was yeah, trying to get like night, those nightmare vibes. No, the, the nightmare did not have a narrative. <laughs> there was nothing to describe. Okay. okay. All right. I was trying to get like well, nightmare. I guess logic, I'll give it an upvote, but it's like. It's one of those things that's really surreal, and I kind of like it, but I feel like I can't give it too high of a rating because there's just, like, too much going to really call it a narrative. I guess there is sort of this idea that the more they open this thing, the worse things get, and the more fucky reality gets. But what is it that they're trying to contain and think about? But I guess the point is you can't even do that because, like, that's what you want to do intuitively, which... Okay, hang on. I'm talking over myself. Let me get my thoughts straightened. Like, the the guy said, the O5 was like, don't fuck with this, right? And then they fucked with it. And initially, you're like, why? Why are you going against that? But I just realized the process of me trying to even think about what it is is probably the exact same thing that was going through their head. Mm. Like, once you say not to do something, it kind of just happens without meaning to. Kind of like when people say, oh, you're breathing. Yeah, don't think about pink elephants. Yeah, and then you do. Of course, you don't even know if actually, like, O5-6, like, actually made that note or not. Because uh, whenever they looked at his uh, memory or whatever, they couldn't find that he ever knew that. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, and I wonder what the fuck is going to happen by the end of this. I would love to see a follow-up to this. There has been sort of subtle follow-ups to this and other SCPs, but the short of it is that if you scroll up to the picture, it pretty much means Dr. Kare is fucked as can be. It's just a black picture. Yeah, he's fucked. He, he doesn't like exist anymore, properly. He did... You did this shit in 5002, damn you. you yeah. I wonder how many times you've gotten away with just a black photo in an SCP. I like, like it. It's, it's a striking image. <laughs> it's not an image. It's just a color. Well, I guess in the like your opinion, word, it's an image. It's 805 by 530 pixels. How relevant is that? Uh, it's not at all. That's arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I, I did enjoy it, so I guess I'll give it like a 7 or an 8 out of 10. Because I like the wacky vibe to it, and I like where it's going, but I don't know if there's enough of a narrative for me to justify rating it really highly. I enjoyed it, and it was written well, even though it's like wacky, so I gave you a nip vote. Yeah. And the purpose of the podcast has been fulfilled. Yes, that was it, not even 5,000, it was just getting to this. <laughs> I'm going to swap the numbers around so, the street, people. 
So, uh, where'd you get the name for the doctor? Uh, I just sort of thought of it. I don't think I actually got it from anything. I, wanted, I, wanted, I know I wanted a name with an accent in it. That's all. Okay. Why? Iskare? That's how you wanted it to be pronounced? Uh, yeah. Okay. I presume it's the all wrong right. accent. Because I, I didn't her, look too deep into like, it. Well, if you if you drop out the accent, then it's Care, Doctor Care. I wasn't sure if that had anything to do with it. I just like the sound. I wasn't sure if you were. All right, all right. Curious. But yeah, How do you... was it Leste as well? Uh, yeah, the other doctor? Leste. Leste. He pops up in a few okay. other of SCPs. The fact is, like, yeah. Before we met up with Waker in the call, you kept bringing up tulpas, and I'm wondering, is that what this thing is? Like a tulpa on the loose? It is and not what a you think about the more power you give it? Well, yeah, I guess it's kind of similar in that I way, but it's not a tulpa. Yeah. Gotcha. I was just wondering because you brought it up before and I was like, maybe that's why it was on his mind. Alright. Well, because we're pretty far in, I'm not going to read every single comment because there were a lot, but I'll try to go over as many as I can, as fast as I can. So the first fact of the matter is two separate people did like Dr. Murphy sort of comments, which the efforts appreciate, but because they're kind of long, I'm just going to read the guy who did that first. So apologies in advance, thoughts, experiments. But, um, all right. Mystery Guy says, finally, Murphy Law. Yeah. Actually, there were three people who did the fucking comments. Oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Donnie Sorrow said, so I've been lurking this since the beginning, and I really enjoy it. Very interesting to see someone's journey through SCP. A small criticism, for the love of God, please balance your sound. And uh, I, ta- I talked with them a little bit more in the comments, Tan. I mentioned this to you as well. Uh, I'll see what's going on with Anomalous, but we couldn't find anything. But anyone who agrees with that, if you could give us a timestamp or some uh, advice, I would appreciate it. Because uh, we always want to improve and be the best we can. So we appreciate the feedback, Donnie. Thank you. Yeah, please please do continue poking us when that happens. Because otherwise we will not improve. Freakles says... This is a nice podcast. Been listening to it while playing video games. I have a few comments. I hope you don't mind. Darnell, dude, you gotta stop locking things in. That's the Foundation's job. Um, he makes a really good point here, uh, and I will stop locking things in forever. Wow, that was the last one? Is I don't know. I, f- I find it kind of fun, though. I find it kind of fun. Never mind. Uh, White Guard says it's fun, so I'm overriding your opinion. Let's <laughs> deal with it. It's so arbitrary. If I can recommend... <laughs> if I can recommend an SCP, it'd have to be our stolen theory, 5552. Simply epic sci-fi story, in my opinion, and it might work well for the format you have here. Perhaps, maybe it'll be super shitty, but I think it would work. I love how he's talking about it like it's a fucking plan in a movie. Like, it just might work. Has a good script. I put together <laughs> yeah. some writers for a job. I put together an article team. Had a physics on the SCP wiki fucking rule. I tend to feel kind of cheated in a way by meta articles for some reason, but Murphy Law is fun and engaging, and I love the idea of fiction having its own sort of life and leaking into reality in some way. I have to agree with that. Like, when does metafiction, where, where the layers are like mm-hmm. SCP universe than our universe, that feels I'm not that into that. But when it's like fictional yeah. universe and then SCP universe on top of that, I'm into that. I agree, because I think there's a fine line with meta like fiction. When you do meta fiction right, and it's like intriguing and it still stays kind of within the realm of the universe, it's really neat. But when you do that like hack thing of like, oh, I'm reaching through the computer and it's you, it's like, ugh, no. Yeah, I, I don't like to say anything like 100% because there's always like an execution that I will like right. I know, out there. But generally, like, don't I don't you know, know the literature... for sure that I like as well. 
that way. DDLC but. did something like that that was kind of neat, but then so did like every other ironic dating sim ever, and it got really old. But it's always the first one to do it. That's the good one. Yeah. Uh, insert clever name here says, I was going to make a long, drawn-out, noir-style comment, but then I realized that I am unable to write in that style. Just imagine something like that here and react to it. Wow, no! that was really good! You've got Just like Great Hippo himself. <laughs> anyway, in the spirit of backtracking and never reading anything past 5,000, I recommend 3,004 Emma. We still haven't read past 5,000. We built up to it for like 60 fucking episodes. <laughs> I know. The worst part is, like, because it keeps getting faster, I don't even think we'll reach 6,000 before the 7,000 contest happens. We will, we will. Like, the more people re- join the wiki, the faster this shit goes. Like, uh, I, like, think about it. The wiki's been around 13, 14 years, and there were five, like, uh, no, six series. They have been getting closer 5, together. And, and only a, a year and a half, it went from 5,000 to 6,000 contests. So the singularity is approaching, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. rapidly accelerating. It's pretty cool. Um, a bush from the island of Borneo says... Oh, no, that was another one of those. There are four of them! Sorry, but they're all long, and only we're only going to read Benji's because he was first. Uh, Benji says, and that's the end. Tanhoney stands up at him desk, staring intently at the hour-long recording he had just done with Jack and Darnell. Without hesitation, Tanhoney pulls out from underneath his stupidly long trenchant, a Prometheus Labs teleporter, aiming right for Darnell's household. Cool, the Englishman beckons, placing his aetheral space mug when he's preparing to release his merch and let loose. The mug flies at mock speed, stopping suddenly between the index and middle fingers of a leather glove. Hippo, dressed as Murgy Law, stands in a pose, smoke resonating from the mug caught in his glove. Justice has arrived. Interesting. <laughs> this is my favorite fanfiction. Uh, Brandon Hamilton, with the best comment here, says, uh, Jack more like whack. Can you not comment again, please? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How dare you? Oh my god, I just realized actually Jack was the first one to do a Murphy Law. Oh my god, there were fucking five of them. Holy shit. That's what you get for having an episode like that. Yeah, I know, I'm so sorry. We did pretty much ask you, Jack. I'm sorry to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Anomalous says, nice episode! Thank you. Uh, I'll do good days because you were the actual first one, but then that's it for real. Fade in. Interior, discovering SCP common section. Day. A cold breeze blows over the remains of what was once the common section. A very fit and handsome gentleman, he is I. He is, I swear. Walks into view, a tan trench coat following, flowing behind him. Oh, what trench coat? He flicks aside his... <laughs> Shut up. Flicks aside his cigarette before exhaling. His voice weaved with an alluring southern accent. Murphy Law, my last name, I ain't heard in 20 years. <laughs> now since the incident, not since, a mysterious figure is seen standing behind G'day, a loaded Magnum 44. Oh, this is just like his own fan fiction. Gripped tightly in his hands, Murphy Law cocks it, aiming it at the back of G'day's head. He is seen frowning. Murphy Law, not since the fall of Tanhony Towers. Fade out. Damn. We can just make our own wiki from this comment section. Yeah, for real. People are treating our comment section like it's their fucking fan fiction, and I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if it's based or cringe. Uh, Lan says, genuine comment this week. Enjoyed this episode a lot. Hippo yet again shows he's the best writer ever. I say yet again as if we should be surprised. Maybe next week you guys could read some 5K contest entries since we just closed out Series 5. I know Tantoni has his own schedule, but please fucking get through Series 6 now. 
Uh, but I'm going to leave a few of my favorites here anyway, Smile. That 5005, Lamplight by Tufto. 5003, Powerless by Captain Kirby. And 5666, When a Mind Flies into the Sun by Lament. These are all very good. So yeah. we'll probably read yeah, those. Those are all really good recommendations. Lamplight is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Really, we should get to Lamplight. Maybe we'll read that next episode. Yeah, and we'll finally enter Series 6. You see that? You witnessed, well, you witnessed a discovering SCP first. I just planned the episode less than the day before. <laughs> No, you did that once before. You were like, we'll do that next time, and oh. then we did it next time. I don't remember what it was. This is a Discovering well, SCP second. My work for the next week is done. <laughs> All right, uh, so before we close out here, White Guard, thanks for coming on. It, it was a pleasure. Is there anything you want to plug or talk about before we let you go here? Uh, no, not really. It was a, it was really fun to hop on with you guys. I, I've always liked Tan, uh, and of course, you, Darnell, really cool. Um, I appreciate that interview that Tan did with me, so... Um, I'm mainly known as the interview guy, so if you guys want to ever check out my interviews, I post them on the site. Um, I also plug them everywhere so that you guys can like find them. The very high um, quality, yeah. I but, recommend. Uh, yeah, I've read your you. Hippo one and your Tan one. I liked them. You're... Oh, I yeah. think I read Hippo your was great one too. too maybe yeah. Hippo's awesome. I did. Hippo... Cactus was Hippo's... the first one I did of my interviewing icon series, which is the one I do with the authors. So, nice. so yeah. since it's called interviewing icons, have you ever thought about like interviewing the ones on your desktop before? <laughs> You've been thinking of that for the last nice, hour. Very nice. <laughs> Got him. I, uh, I also do, of course, as I mentioned, I did the exploring series, so I do YouTubers, and I intend to do artists in the future as well. Ooh. So yeah. yeah, a lot of people I've, I've noticed fun, fun, have fun. been saying that uh, we need to appreciate the SCP artists more, which I agree with. Yeah, there's one... Exactly. Uh, there's as, a, as a staff member, I'm trying to also push that from the bound the scenes as well. There's someone on our server, I think we've seen some of their stuff on stream before, on one of the older ones. Uh, I believe they go by Dr. Whitney, and they do like these comics about cryptids and like stuff mm-hmm. in the Foundation. Those were cool when we read them. And I know they worked on it a lot, and we were going to read it in the last stream, but we just didn't have time because some of the articles went longer than I expected. But, you know, maybe check that out, and we'll try to look at... We'll try to look at more art stuff on stream because it's kind of weird. Yeah, we, can't, audio we cannot do it in a podcast because then I have to describe yeah, maybe what Maybe next stream at. we'll focus on it being like the artist stream instead of articles. That would be interesting, yeah. We'll do that when we hit 900 Very subs, cool. I've just promised. <sighs> Guys, don't count on him. He also said he'd do the fucking <laughs> lore video for Aetheral Space when we hit Arc 4. His word means nothing. It, it means nothing, I'll admit freely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good times, everybody. Thank you again, White Guard, for coming on. And we'll see you guys all next time. Bye. Bye. See you guys.